maybe maybe like a year from now, we just make a hard switch, just switch over, the same, keep the name, start talking music. Don't explain it at all, and pretend yeah. like actually as if we've been talking music every single week for months. Yeah, <laughs> movies, like video games, whatever you want to switch to. We'll yeah. just have maybe a hard reset. every week. It's a different type of podcast. <laughs> and as always, we're covering the Oscars. <laughs> and as always, we're covering the newest in video games. <laughs> Dude, that actually, not for this podcast, but that might be a brilliant idea for podcasts we just had. <laughs> really funny. Just the ultimate variety show. Unqualified opinions. <laughs> yes. There's our name. Oh, my <laughs> oh that's so God. good. Unqualified. Actually, think about that. Unqualified opinions with... Neil Austin and Alex Kane. Yeah. It was weird saying our real names right then. It is. <laughs> didn't feel right. So, do that thing we do. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Big Freaking Health Coach Podcast. I'm Big Freaking Neil. And I'm joined, of course, as always, every week without exception, my business partner, buddy, brain twin, health coach Kane. What's you up, know, dude? Even after all these episodes, uh-huh. that intro gets me fired up every time. I can't help but smile. I have to, I have to actually consciously keep from saying, oh, I love it, every single time. <laughs> and if you listen to like the first dozen episodes, I literally say it every time. Just lean into the mic and whisper, I love it. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> hey, big guy. Hey, buddy. How's it going? It's going good, man. Yeah, It's going real good. Yeah. I could use some caffeine, though. Same here, and I see you holding the caffeinated beverage for me. Yeah. And I'd, I hope you I'd, just hate it. I'd really, <laughs> I'd really like to consume it. Um, I have one for you as well. Uh, you look like you were a lot nicer to me this I week. I was very nice to you this week. Um, I discovered... That Bang, which is a mutual favorite of ours, Mm -hmm. just have new flavors all the time. Yeah, I don't know how they They, do it. It's like the Wonka factory. (laughs) They keep expanding (laughs) their already 6,000 flavor varieties, which are all delicious. Uh, I haven't had a bad one. I haven't either, honestly. This is called Radical... Radical skedaddle. Skedaddle? This is hard to say, dude. (laughs) Radical... Easier after their caffeine. Radical skedaddle. That sounds absolutely incredible. So I'm wondering, like, radical, like, what is this trying to emulate? My money, honestly, skittles. I was just about to say that. I get a, I get what I put my money on. Strong skittle vibes, and they probably can't say something too close to skittles. Radical skittle. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Radical skittle. I bet that's what it is, and I bet Skidaddle. it's going to be delicious. So cool, I like it. There you go, buddy. That's lovely. It looks nice, pink and baby blue. I pan. know, right? I got you. This some, garbage. Some terrible. It has high quality written on it, but it also has good luck written on it. <laughs> what? It is Stumptown <clears throat> Original Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Kay. in a can. Okay. So infused nitrogen, perishable. God, I cannot freaking talk today. <laughs> this is going to just be a whole episode. We're just going to be mid- what I mid- meant mid- to say mid- was just stumbling over our tongues. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I hope it's awful. There you go. That's right. payback for that one. Well, bear one that you got me. So, 
Yeah. What about the keto one or the bulletproof one? The bulletproof one. God damn it. I had Dude, forgotten about that. So when I got to the cooler with all the bangs in it, another new bang variety that I've never seen anywhere else was a keto coffee bang. Pass. And I was so close to buying it for you, but I, I decided don't, to be nice for a week. Don't do it. I appreciate it for one week. Plus, <laughs> as far as I understand right now, Bang's batting a thousand. I don't want to drink that and be like, ugh, uh, why? Right. And why this now? Honestly, and I remember looking at it and seeing that it was at least like 150 calories. It's probably mm. delicious. It's probably oh, like God. a yeah, like for a that many frap. calories. If yeah. these are this good and they're zero calories, yeah. I'm like, can you fucking... Uh, if you give Bang 150 <laughs> to work with... Yeah. They're, for real. They're knocking it out of the park. Let's oh, do this. Wow. Ooh, Ooh nitro's right. That was a did lot you of, hear that? I sure did. <laughs> okay. We got a nice carbonated coffee here. Oh, my God. Five. Five out of five. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Ladies and gentlemen, our first five out of five mm. in the history of the Big Freaking Health Coach. Oh, my God. Angels made this. Good, huh? Is this Skittles related? Like, yes, it's definitely candy, but it's not cotton candy. Like mm, this. Okay. This could be melted Skittles I'm, with a hint of energy drink. I'm slowed down there. I'm really excited no. for halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I should shotgun the rest. It's a little late now that I popped the top, but so. Mm. I have to put it out of reach so I don't drink it all before halftime. <laughs> So this is, hmm, I have mixed feelings. It's n honestly not bad as a coffee flavor. That's an important qualifier. For coffee, yeah. <laughs> For However, coffee, it's not terrible. It is in no way sweetened. So, like if this, in fact, I'm really tempted to go just do this right now. If this had like a little splash of some sugar-free syrup in it, be bomb. I would, I would love to drink that. But but how as many calories would that as be? Good? Is zero, just cancer. It's sugar, just cancer. It's, <laughs> it's all fake stuff. Calorie-free, so it rots your insides, but you don't gain any weight. You only gain cancer. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Awesome. What a great trade-off. Um, not true. There have been no studies that actually show that artificial sweeteners give humans cancer in any way. Only mice when given an absurd amount that humans could never eat. Truly ridiculous amounts that would be physically impossible for a human yes. to take in. Yes. And I, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure the only one that they've actually seen that with, even in mice, is the aspartame? Aspartame. But the ratio... So people freak out about aspartame because it's in like diet soda and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the ratio that they give to those mice it's would ridiculous. be something like the equivalent of a human drinking an Olympic-sized swimming pool of aspartame <laughs> daily. Yeah, that's physically impossible yeah. to give yourself cancer with aspartame. Um, fun stuff. Fun stuff. I mean... Most most everything that I use that's artificial is uh, what's the one sucralose Splenda. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I don't think they've ever found any evidence that that's bad for you at all. Really, yeah. there's no conclusive evidence of that. The point being, this could really use some Splenda, <laughs> but <laughs> mine can't. Yeah. Mm. But it's uh, it's not bad coffee. Okay. So what so, are you gonna give it? 
I mean, as is, as is, I got to give it like a 2.8 just because I wouldn't select this. I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't select this to drink on its own. Mm -hmm. However, if I were to sweeten it, I I think it would be delicious because the coffee flavor itself does taste very high quality. This is the kind of stuff where I realize you're getting more into coffee. Yeah. Because you don't just go like, oh, coffee. Yeah. You go, actually, (laughs) if I were to add blah, blah, you're in like six months, you're going to be walking into a Starbucks going, yeah, I'll have a half pumped up. Oh, my gosh. And I'll be like, sure, hope not. Dude, people can hear you. (laughs) I'm embracing my inner Seattle. Yeah. (laughs) No, what it is is part of my morning routine every day for months now has been to to make my coffee and make it exactly how I want it so that it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I cycle through various uh, sugar-free syrup varieties. Right now I'm working through, uh, what is it, hazelnut? That's a good one. It's delicious, That's man. super good. If you put four shots of espresso with a splash of almond milk and some sugar-free hazelnut syrup, if it's high-quality espresso, mm-hmm. it's fire. Fire. You would like it. Guaranteed. I would. I like hazelnut and that kind of stuff. See, Taylor puts hazelnut in a lot of things, and it is just delicious. See, I feel like you've only ever had bad experiences with like severely undersweetened coffee. Whoa, <laughs> are you insinuating that because I just drink the cheapest black coffee I can find, <laughs> that that's why I wouldn't like it? It's entirely possible. I reject that. <laughs> I mean, even no, you're right. even even that for the long, longest time. I made Folgers taste palatable. So, oh, so you got skills. Don't doubt yourself, man. You can do it. I believe just got to believe in me. Just got to believe in you. Should Dude, we quit rambling and what start are, doing the episode? Should we? Did <laughs> we start recording? Um, for like four hours ago. <laughs> what are we doing today, man? Uh, we are Q&Aing each other. Ooh. What I thought f- that would be a great idea. What a fun twist. It was uh, Neil's brainchild idea, and I can't believe that we hadn't thought of it before. Uh, We do appreciate your questions, and we want you to keep sending more in. Please. We thought it'd be really fun to ask questions of each other for an episode. I think I speak for us both when I say that the Q&As are uh, like a big highlight of this podcast. Oh, God, we love it. It's so fun. We love it so much. So... Sort of the next logical step was just to come up with questions for each other because we've never done that before. Yeah, so it's gonna be a fun day. It is gonna be a fun day. I got some. I got some good ones for you, buddy. All right. Well, you want to just go uh, back and forth? Let's go back and forth. Why don't you kick us off? All right. This seems appropriate since you're doing a bodybuilding show and are also gigantic. <laughs> um, what would you say if you had to pick one? Uh-huh. Is the number one factor. And muscle growth, hypertrophy. Okay. Getting right down to business here. Yeah. No softballs up front. No. (laughs) (laughs) My first couple are much more lighthearted. So Uh, the number one factor for muscle growth? Yes. I would say as a blanket statement, total volume. But that is a very often misunderstood misunderstood term. People hear that and they think, oh, that's just number of reps and sets. Mm-hmm. But it also has a lot to do with the load that you're using. Yeah. So volume, the true definition of volume for a muscle group 
is amount of weight lifted multiplied by number of reps per set multiplied by number of sets. So how much weight you're using for those reps actually makes a huge difference for muscle activation and ultimately hypertrophy as opposed to, you know, you're doing just really light, easy sets of 12 just because you, you're hitting those that many reps. It's not, not necessarily beneficial. Are there guidelines as far as like percentage of one rep max for yeah. certain set and rep schemes and which, which are optimal? So generally, generally hypertrophy falls in the 8 to 12 rep range. I personally would stretch that to 6 to 12. Mm-hmm. I think that you can build a substantial amount of muscle doing sixes or even even fives um, just because you do have that increase in load and therefore you can rack up quite a bit of volume. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your question? Is there a uh, percentage of one rep? Oh, percentage. Those? Yeah. So if you're, if you're working within that age 12 rep range, generally on the higher end of the 12 reppers, you're going to be working with 60 to 65% of your one rep max. Up to 75 to 80% All right. of your one rep max. Um, and that's generally, once you get above that, once you're in 85% and up, that's generally considered more of a strength building program. Like a, like a maximal strength. That's like five or fewer reps. Yes. 85% is generally, for most people, is generally considered your five rep max. Right. So... Yeah, now you're more into strength and powerlifting territory. Um, not to say there is an overlap. Like you can, mm-hmm. you're, you're still going to build muscle doing that. You're, you're going to build muscle build, lifting weights no matter what. If you're eating properly to build muscle and you're picking up something heavy, you're going to build it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of optimizing whatever the goal is, be it yeah. strength or hypertrophy. Nice. All right. So, buddy... Pretty much every uh, cheat meal related question or food related question, <laughs> uh, you've given a very similar answer. I have. So I decided to throw a wrench in that. And my first question for you is if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? No cheeseburgers. No cheeseburgers. Or burgers of any variety. Um, and it would have all the usual. Like, I can't say pizza, but I'd still like be in good shape like if i ate pizza every meal for the rest of my life i would end Ooh, up in a horrible condition good like, question special about it good question yes so all of the yeah macros and calories and everything still apply okay steak baby nice i eat steak i'd eat steak with mashed potato or sweet potato mm-hmm. and an assortment of vegetables that's, and i do that because then i get a solid all answer protein b vitamins creatine Good cholesterol. But Alex, red meat is bad for your heart. Uh, only if you have a shit heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exercise, dude. Amen, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, that's a solid answer because then you're still getting fats. Mm-hmm. You're still getting a solid amount of protein. You're still getting veggies for your micronutrients. Okay, let's get specific. What kind of veggie? the same meal Ooh, same meal every single time every single time i would have to do like a cruciferous vegetable just for hormone support reasons things like that so i'd probably do yeah. a broccoli or a cauliflower okay solid choices yeah what about brussels sprouts i love brussels that's sprouts. considered plus uh, they're i think they're 
Are they cruciferous fish? I think they're in the same family. Let's see. I'm going to Google that. Google it. Are Brussels, the first thing that came, comes up, are Brussels sprouts good for you? <laughs> Pretty sure they are. I think you should focus on other areas of nutrition besides specific choices. <laughs> That's your question. Yeah. If it's green and it grows out of the ground and it's a vegetable, it's probably good for you. Yeah. They are a cruciferous vegetable. I, I knew it. Then. Brussels sprouts, for I sure. They're super it. high protein for a veggie, too. Nice. That's a... Man, I could eat... I could probably eat steak and Brussels sprouts and mashed potatoes every meal, too. Oh, hell yeah. That's a great Taylor's choice. Taylor makes these Brussels sprouts that are just unfreaking believable. I could nice. seriously just eat them by, like, the popcorn-sized bowl. <laughs> nice. That sounds delicious. Okay. Your turn. All right. Or rather, my turn. Um, that's a good question, though. Now I really want a steak. I know, right? Now I'm hungry. Um, since you brought up volume, I'm gonna skip down to this one. Okay. Um, we kind of touched on how to decide how to track volume. How much volume per muscle group mm. is ideal for hypertrophy? Great, um, great question. Um, from the aspect of within the workout and over the course of the week yeah great question okay so the specific poundage of volume is going to be a very individual thing obviously Mm -hmm. and i imagine it would change from one muscle group to another yes so a good general rule of thumb would be uh for larger muscle groups 12 to 15 sets at that uh, 65 to 80, maybe 82% of your one rep max. Mm-hmm. For the week? For the week. Um, it, it, this also is very dependent on experience level. Yeah. Because like for myself currently, for example, I'm doing a lot more than 15 sets mm-hmm. per muscle group per week. Um, but if we're talking sort of the beginner to intermediate lifter that's just trying to gain muscle and put on size, Mm -hmm. especially, um, that's a good sweet spot to where you're still getting enough recovery time for those muscle groups. Smaller muscle groups. Um, I would say you could pretty easily get away with eight to 10 sets per week. Again, in that same, that same sort of realm of intensity, that's 65 to 82%. When you talk about larger to smaller muscle groups, are we talking yeah. about like compound versus isolated movements in regard to that? Or do you actually split it up by muscle? I would say by muscle um, in that, for example, your legs as a overall muscle group mm-hmm. is going to demand more total volume than your arms, your buys and tries. Right. Right. It's a much larger muscle group. Um, and there's... A lot of different muscles going on there. It's not just one muscle. It's your quads, which has four muscles built in. It's your hamstrings. It's your calves. So it's a very complex muscle group that, and for that reason, it does require more volume. Yeah. I would say the same for your back. Um, again, there's so much going on there. There's your lats. There's your traps. There's your rhomboids. There's your posterior delts. It's a hugely complicated anatomically part of your of your body um so that's going to require more volume as well so when i say large muscle groups i'm talking legs back um 
chess to an extent that is sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Smaller muscle groups we're talking about, buys and tries, shoulders. Uh, shoulders, delts. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Okay. Nice. I have a really hard question for you. Hit me. Would you rather... Ooh. These are the best. I love these. <laughs> permanently lose two hours of sleep per night forever or never drink caffeine ever again? That's super easy. I'd rather never drink caffeine again. Okay. I would rather have the sleep. 100%. One hour. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the line? Uh, probably like... I wouldn't give up caffeine to lose a half hour of sleep forever. Okay. Um, an hour is pretty significant. That's like a, that makes a pretty that's big a difference chunk for of time. Me. Yeah. So I, I would function better with the extra hour of sleep than all the caffeine in the world. I have a lot of respect for that answer. I don't like it. Yeah. I'd prefer the caffeine, <laughs> but like to function as a human. Yeah. I got to go with the sleep. Nice. That's a very. I know. It's a very health coach thing it's, to. It's not the cool say. kid answer. It's not, but it's it's a good answer. It's the right answer. It's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure, it's the right answer. You can be correct or you can be cool. Which is it going to be? Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Um, I got harder ones coming up. Don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's give you a softball one. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what I was going to ask before we got started. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about how you have two first names. Yes. Neil Austin. Yep. When people don't use your name, whether they're mistaking your last name for your first or not, mm-hmm. what do people usually call you? What do you think people think you look like name-wise? Oh, like if they're guessing my name? Yeah. Like if they forget your name completely and they look at you and go, hey, um... <laughs> John, like, like, what name do they use? Hmm. That's a really and do they usually use like the same name? Because like people always guess the same wrong name for me. Really? Yeah. What is it? They always guess Nick. Really? I don't think I look like a Nick, but people apparently think I look like a Nick. Every time they forget Weird. my name, they think I'm Nick. <laughs> Weird. I don't feel like I have one specific name that people mistakenly use. I've gotten Nate a fair amount, and I think it's just it's also an in name. Yeah. And it's, so it's like short. Close. Yeah, I guess. Kind of. Ish. 25% uh, of the same letters. 50% maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't really think of any others. I mean, I feel like. If they're getting your attention and they don't know your name and they have to yell at you. Yeah. What do they call you? Like uh, big guy? Yes. I get a lot of big guy. Do you? A lot of big guy. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Everybody just kind of knows my name. It's an easy one. Oh, to... <laughs> bummer. People know me. <laughs> I'm a I have many other bad books. <laughs> <laughs> my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Um, but yeah, you're a big deal. I think... <laughs> big freaking deal. I think, uh, I think it's just an easy name to remember because it's less common... So like once people hear it, they go, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really know any Neils. And then they remember it. It's true. Alex um, is a pretty common name. There's um, literally millions of us. So probably what they do, people hear your name. They go, they associate that as being just a really common name. Mm-hmm. And then they, when they're thinking of your name, they think of the next most common thing. Which is which, Nick. Which is Nick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A million of them too. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> um, I, people do often misspell 
my name, N-E-A-L, which is how losers named Neil spell their names. Why would you want that? I don't know. It's not how Neil Armstrong did it. Damn straight. Or Neil Young. None of the cool Neils in history have spelled their name like that. I can't think of even one. The only thing I can think of is Kevin Nealon, and it's not even his name. It's just in there and spelled his name. (laughs) Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Good question, man. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it was a good question. I didn't have a very good answer for it. Um, okay, I guess I got a little bit of heavier stuff for you. Now. All right. What are the mobility exercises that all powerlifters should be doing? Or, or are there? Obviously, there's a bunch of individualization that goes into it. People are going to have mobility issues in different places For sure. based off of their anatomy and things like that. I guess to clarify, like, uh, specifically powerlifters who are primarily benching, squatting, deadlifting heavy every single week. What are the implications there for mobility? Typically, you're going to see a lot of internal rotation at the shoulders. Okay. You're going to see a lot of... Uh, kyphosis and the thoracic spine so just like kind of that hunched over forward from all the tension in their pecs yeah so there's a lot of that that goes on um and really there are a lot of things that you can do to to kind of free up those shoulders a bit Mm. but there's a certain point at which their mobility is actually going to rob them of some strength in their chosen lift so there's a certain amount of what would be considered excessive tension that's required yeah and that's kind of typical for any athlete who is world-class at their, their sport. Yeah. There's a certain degree to which the sport repetitive movements that they do are not healthy functioning, mm-hmm. but they are required for peak performance. I really like that distinction because people often will talk about mobility as something that you just always need more of no matter what. Yeah. People don't really talk about, no, you actually need a little bit of tension for the the movements that you're doing. Oh yeah. So. And that's, that's true of, of every sport. So you always have to put every single kind of physical expectation in context Yeah. with the individual and the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Right. So that's one. I mean, there's also obviously hip implications and you'd want to maintain some kind of spinal thoracic mobility, lumbar mobility, things like that. Okay. Um, just for the sake of health. Mm. But then again, it's it's all day vertical loading yeah. on the spine. So you can mobilize it all you want, but if you mobilize it to a point where it's less stable, then you're actually inviting more injury than you would be preventing. Yeah. So So if you were if you were coaching a powerlifter in on a mobility program, mm-hmm. uh how what how much would you have them do and, and what would you have them do? Uh, we run a bunch of assessments to see what their active and passive ranges of motion are without any load. Yeah. And I think my, my only basic requirement that I could kind of give as a guideline for everybody would be that whatever range of motion you are required to use mm-hmm. in competition, you would be able to achieve those positions, control those positions, stabilize those positions, and do all that moving in and out of those positions without load as well. Nice. Like... That would be it. So you have to be able to completely control everything you need. Yeah. So like I've seen folks who lift heavy at, at gyms and things who 
can't get all the way down to the bottom of their squat unless they have at least 185 to 200 pounds on their back. I've seen that too. That is not good mobility. Yeah. That is an injury waiting to happen. Yeah. So if you can't reach depth with your body weight, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be reaching it with a bar. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Nice, buddy. I have a follow-up question that's related, so I'll just jump right to it. Go for it. What are the mobility exercises that bodybuilders should all be doing? So we're talking um, higher volume, more accessory work, uh, probably a body part split, Mm -hmm. less heavy. It's, um, you know, there aren't a ton of, of hard and fast mobility rules for that because it's not a performance-based sport in the same way. Sure. Um, you need to have adequate mobility to put together a good routine. You need to be able to hit all your poses yeah. and do that. So like if you have trouble with rolling your shoulder blades back and you have to, what's that pose they do with the hands behind the back and like... Uh, side tricep? Yeah, that guy. If you can't reach that position to give a really solid showing of mm. that horseshoe on the back of your arm... It's a problem. Yeah. So there, there are some basic mobility requirements there. Mostly it comes down to twisting because I know a lot of those half poses you still want to seem wide across the chest and things like that. So you need adequate thoracic mobility yeah. for posing. You need adequate hip and shoulder mobility so that you can externally rotate at the hip when you have quad stuff to show off, adductor stuff to show off, mm-hmm. um, even for your glutes. If you're going to spread the floor and get those hamstrings firing and your glutes firing really hard, you need adequate external rotation in your hips. Um, Shoulders are a big one. So there's like wall slides with a a lift off Mm -hmm. so you can get your shoulder blades retracted and depressed. You can get full overhead. Yeah. Um, Really all of that comes down to maintaining tissue quality and adequate range of motion for your training more than even the actual meat. So I love that you went to posing because that was actually one of the things that hadn't occurred to me when I, uh, I think I already announced on here that I'm, I'm actually this time around, I'm actually working with a coach for, uh, posing specifically Mm -hmm. leading up to the show. And one of the things that hadn't occurred to me is that the mobility demands of the different poses are super important. So doing mobility exercises, not just to prep for exercises like in your training, but actually so that you can get in those positions and showcase correctly. So yeah, that's a great answer, man. Thanks, man. Great answer. You want to help me with my shoulder mobility? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. <laughs> I thought it might be. God, that's the second half bomb I dropped this show. I'm slipping, man. <laughs> Here, I think it's... in. Is it let's, time? Let's make... get a third F bomb going. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm really excited this, to try this. This is the thing, though. Like, in my normal life, I cuss so much more than I do on this show. Yeah. And the only reason I don't on this show, it's not like an authenticity issue. It's that if you're listening to this, but your kids are in the car, I don't want you to have to switch the station. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, that's the only reason yeah. that I try to keep it P- a little more PG. PG, PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're usually PG-13. PG-13 is like one F-bomb, right? Yeah. Per movie? You're allowed one. I feel like that's about what I guess we're rated R now because you yeah, dropped two. <laughs> but generally, all over this. Yeah, you did. <laughs> all right, let's try I'm this monster. So excited. You're going to hate that. I can smell that I'm going to hate it already. Ooh. This is not as bad as the one you got me. Okay. I believe that. 
That one. I believe that. I swear you can taste the grain in it. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think of that? That is delicious, man. I'm trying to figure out what it reminds me of. Because, like, it's kind of Skittles, but it's not. There's definitely some Skittles in there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, fruity candy. Fruity, semi-sour candy. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mmm. That makes me think of, like, sitting at the movie theater, the packet of Skittles. Yeah. Dude, I I miss the movies. I was just about to say, I miss going to the movies a lot. Yeah. I'm a pretty big movie guy. Me too. So, like, the experience is, like, actually important to me. I know. I feel like everyone I talk to... Is just over movie theaters. They're like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch it on at home and pause it and I'm go like, to the no, bathroom. No, 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 no. Your chair doesn't recline. Yeah. The screen's not nearly as big. The sound's it, not as good. It's totally it's totally about the experience. Yeah. I think this is my hope anyway, that the movie theater industry now, just as a effort to survive, uh, will probably just bring up that experience even more. I'm hoping it's a hard pivot towards like the iPix. Yes. Like the, the but like more theaters. affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would be roughly the same ticket price as before. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe like yeah, bit. like fifty percent more. Yeah. Or some. But then like, yeah, you go in and or like they they really go all out and go old Hollywood with some of those places and yeah. like you go in the guys wearing the red and white striped thing with the paper yeah. hat. And yes. Wonder if I'll see you. Yeah. Great time enjoying the picture. There you go. <laughs> I would totally pay five extra bucks a ticket for more of a uh, high-end experience like that. Yeah. Like... Definitely. Seats spread further apart, which we'll have to do anyway, mm-hmm. but like more room around you. Got maybe a footrest? Ooh, yeah. Footrest, blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those theaters with the rumble seats now? Ooh. I haven't seen that. There, there were a couple... I don't think Wooden, Woodenville near us was one of them i can't remember yeah. there's there are a couple theaters around here where the seats rumble okay when stuff happens so like with the sound it, it'll rumble. actually you know what i think i have been in one of the like once i experienced that yeah yeah that's kind of cool too dang well, we should go to a movie as soon as they're open Everybody, this concludes part one of this Q and A. This Q and A particularly went on for about an hour, Long so time. we uh, wanted to chop it up so it stays at a reasonable length for you. So tune in next week, and we will have the exciting conclusion. Dun dun dun.